welcome to Weekly Open. I'm Brian here with Luke and Don today. We'll get to them in a second and we'll share their stories. Uh, before we do, though, let's tell you about FTX. Go to weeklyopen.com slash FTX. You can make a trade there today. It's easy. Swap directly from one asset to the other with FTX. Weeklyopen.com slash FTX. There's zero trading fees when you use the FTX app. You can also earn yield on your tokens. 8% up to $10,000 and 5% beyond $10,000 only on the FTX app. Thanks to FTX for being our partners. And of course, you get the same portfolio tracking you've known and loved since 2014. Luke, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. I feel like no matter what I say, the uh, the audience here is going to think I'm guilty already. <laughs> um, uh, I was presented on Twitter with some pretty uh, damning evidence, but uh, um, I'm ready to make my case and obviously look at Bitcoin and stuff too. So, you know, Thanksgiving is good. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Don. How are you? No Thanksgiving good, good. for you. Did you celebrate, um, you know, just to, to feel like you were American for the day? Uh, I actually didn't know, but I went climbing, so... I guess eating That's, eating birds is uh, not really a nice thing for you to do. Yeah, I can't do that. It's against my my social I don't know construct <laughs> <laughs> that I filled up for myself. Can't do it. Yeah. Um, all right. So Don, for the recorded version, can can we talk about this uh, this Luke is a serial killer thing a second again? Uh, um, yes. Let me see if I can pull it up again. I'm pretty worried about you, Luke. <laughs> so i mean there's been this let me close this there's been this uh tweet floating around or like on reddit there's some posted apparently like um and i've read the thread apparently like there's been like an ai that just kind of like put every single serial killer photo into one and it suspiciously suspiciously looks like Luke. <laughs> it is Luke. <laughs> it's just Luke. Maybe Luke's so, just an all-American guy. Like it's it's every person, and Luke is Luke is like the most blended person ever. Do you know your your origin story, Luke, or is it just America? Look, I don't want to drop too many conspiracy theories, but if AI made that. And, you know, we're all investing in the metaverse and deep things. Oh, I'm not. I'm a social construct. I'm not even a thing. Like, I like this take. I like this take. You know. Mm, but I've seen your box in real life, actually. Yeah. How did that but happen? How do, you know, how do you know that was me? It, I mean. Yeah. It could have just oh, been atoms shit. slammed together by the simulation. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's worth that's worth looking into more. I'm, I'm not... Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. I like it. I like it. <laughs> the only thing I'll say, if, if anyone uh, is curious, I'm happy to set up an in-person meeting in Miami. Just me and, you know, them at a secret, secret spot. We'll see. But yeah. Jerry's still out. In a dark park. Uh, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, on to less uh, exciting subjects. Um, Don, you want to tell us a little bit about this crab market we got going on? Mm. I mean, it's like last week kind of or like the weekend ended better than than most people suspected i think yeah um so we have at least something going on like in the lower time frames actually looks much better than uh, it did last week uh that said high time frames still like a breakout like we had this breakout attempt that failed back into the range um whenever i have that i target like the lower lower parts of the range so either down here or down here or if you're super mega bearish which i'm not over the here. course of about an hour yesterday, somebody decided that was not acceptable. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, on the lower time frames, it looks much better, right? Like the daily like is challenging the resistance that we've challenged before. Again, uh, that's usually like not the worst sign. Like if we get rejected here and then tested again, I could see us actually break out. Um, and that would start looking pretty decent on the daily. Um, so that's that. And then on the low, low, low time frames in the fall, we actually have like a little bit of a range reclaim going. Yeah. Um, so like it's not like right now the high time frames look not good, but the lower time frames do. Um, so it's kind of like it's up in the air, I think. If you want to like be a bull, I think there's a setup there. If you want to be a bear, I think there's a higher time frame setup as well um which makes this an excellent kind of market to just go sideways in um which i think everyone would hate 
Um, and if we start going sideways, I think the altcoins could do uh, decently well. ETH's been outperforming the last few weeks to months to basically the entire year. So um, if we do go sideways and gets really, really boring, I could see altcoins pick up a little bit, which would be nice. Yeah, pretty much the only chart that didn't get obliterated, I feel like, in that down move that we had was ETHBTC. Yep. Um, it's not really changed significantly from where we talked about last week when all of us were very bullish. Um, just higher. Yeah, little, slightly higher, little little closer potentially to that breakout. And then honestly, now it's constructive enough overall where like anything below 0.07, I'm a firm buyer um, uh, for more. Like, I don't even know what that dollar price would be. I just probably would deploy dollars because I don't own Bitcoin. <laughs> so it's not like I'm buying ETH with Bitcoin, but like I would use a, a spike down like that on the relative trade to like take my take my exposure in ETH. Do y'all think that's crazy or, or do you think it's a worthy buy if you're if you're looking for um, looking for crypto exposure? I don't I don't think it's crazy at all, man. We talked about it was probably two weeks ago now, but it, we're we've been in a scenario. I wouldn't even say we're in it now. We've been in a scenario where if Bitcoin starts to look good, it's like what are people rushing to buy? It's not big when Bitcoin bounces, people go to AVAX. People go to they probably should be looking at ETH. Uh, metaverse plays. It's like those are bouncing more. Even when this all falls, those are falling less. We're in a weird scenario where it's so hard to be excited about a Bitcoin trade that, yeah, if Bitcoin starts to look good, it's like this is kind of the obvious play. It makes you think Bitcoin should have something to say about that, but you would have thought that for like most of this year and it's just been, it's just refused. It's been like the longest alt season ever. Um, whether you look at it as like temporary pain or not at times, just on a relative basis, like Bitcoin just can't, like you said, it can't ever get that lift that it needs to go and, and gain dominance overall. Don, does this make you want to fade everything? Um, not really. Um, the thing is, like, I think Bitcoin's so, like, Bitcoin's market cap is so large now that it has trouble putting in these, like, 20% for our candles, right? Like, we've done that in the past. It's relatively easy to do when Bitcoin's trading at 5K. Much, much harder to do when it's trading at 50 or 60K. Yeah. Like just putting in that massive of a candle that obliterates everything else. Um, and I think that's going to get rarer and rarer. Like you you, you will see 10% up moves on Bitcoin. Uh, I, I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, but like these big, big 20%, 30%, 40% days, I don't think we're going to get any of those um, in the near future which means that the altcoins are like a little bit safer in that regard. And then you only have to worry about like, okay, is Bitcoin going to wipe out or not? Because I think Bitcoin can still easily go down 20% in a day. Uh, I don't think that's much of a problem given that people just completely ape on leverage. Um, and I think that's why like people feel so much more secure in altcoins now than they did in the past. And that makes me like a little bit less worried about altcoin strength um, kind of indicating the, the top of the market. That said, I think if ETH breaks out here and heads to 0.085, and then maybe, I mean, you have a target that is quite a bit higher than mine, which is 0.1. Um, I think if ETH goes there, if you're not looking at least for warning signs on, on like the entire market, I think uh, you're a little bit crazy because that would, I think take a lot of Bitcoin bid away. And like I said, if Bitcoin drops 10, 20, 30% in a day, uh, you're gonna feel that in your coins much, much more heavily most of the time than you're gonna feel it in Bitcoin. So like right now, I'm not too, too worried given I don't really own Bitcoin either. Like I'm just sitting in ETH and ETH looks good. Um, but does anybody from like own a, Bitcoin other than Michael Saylor? I mean, like he's delivering he's <laughs> it apparently. Yeah, um, I don't think like most traders. I think have kind of moved on, which I mean would just historically kind of be a good signal for Bitcoin to just go ape shit, right? We've seen that in the past where people sell their Bitcoin for all coins and their Bitcoin goes up two x, three x, four x. It's just, like I said, Bitcoin is so large now that that seems to be like, that seems unrealistic to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't disagree. Um, when, when I look around the market, the 
the move that we've had off of the top. Let's see, we talked Bitcoin topped. Wow, I can't believe it was November 9th. So we've had several weeks of, of down moves off off the top for Bitcoin, and then that was also the top for ETH at 4,800. Just on a, on that, if you look individually, ETH. Uh, based with less drawdown at a much more productive level, like relative to its past, and and now looks better. And, and, and Bitcoin just doesn't. Bitcoin looks like it's just chilling here more under those important levels, whereas ETH is above them. Um, so, yeah, it's just... And what we've seen there as well is, like, there's not a lot of other charts that just look really, really great. Like, if you look at AVAX as an example, um, like... Luke was absolutely right in this trade and the upside that it had to 145. Um, but when you look at it now, like it just has kind of sustained weakness amongst Ethereum's uh, recovery, and it makes me wonder like how much, how much left is left in the tank for that trade or some of the other layer one trades. Um, like if I look at Solana relative to Ethereum as another example, um, like Solana looks okay overall, but it it does scare me, <laughs> you know, like the way that it's still sitting, uh, kind of under those prior highs, uh, maybe it's back in the range. Maybe it's just kind of the fake out before it, it, everything goes bananas at the end of the year. But some of the, some of the trades that have worked for a long time are making me nervous without, it's like, I'd feel better in them if they had more downside first. Like they have this like modest downside that makes it look like distribution to me rather than like reaccumulation. Luke, do you have any thoughts about it? Only thoughts are like just taking for, I think two, two thinkers that have been so clear in this are split capital and then Suzu. And when I try to think about like Solana's valuation or AVAX, and especially if you're playing those trades of like, which one's going to go up more in the next week. Um, obviously, you know, AVAX is, has dominated the past month or so. Uh, Solana before that. I think if ETH starts to do well, sure, like maybe these things underperform for like a week or two, but crypto doesn't have a valuation model for any of this yet. So like if ETH starts to do well, then Solana will probably catch up in a proportionate amount and, and AVAX will try to catch up. It's like every week we're trying to determine, you know, if, if ETH is this much, the way that anyone values Solana is, okay, what percentage of ETH should Solana be worth? And then it, once that happens, it's like, okay, what percentage of AVAX could AVAX be worth if Solana is this big? It's like this, this constant repricing game of, okay, ETH is up 20%. Like, should Solana make up that 20, at least that 20%, if not more? Um, it's just a constant repricing of like, what's the percentage chance that one of these platforms eats more into ETH? So like if, if ETH does well, it doesn't maybe like super short term, if that's your game, like if you're a day trader, yeah, be worried about that. But ETH going up, I think honestly would be good for Solana and for AVAX. Um, it's kind of how I think about it. I didn't realize mm -hmm. BNB was doing so well. Yeah, it's been, I mean, BNB has been going up steadily basically for the last, I don't know, year plus. Yeah, I guess that's just a sign of how much stuff can just kind of grind up because you don't hear a ton about it as like, you know, it just went absolutely insane for, you know, some week or you haven't in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, no one's talked about it yeah it at looks, all but it looks really good yeah <laughs> I, the, the narrative behind this basically i don't know if you guys have kind of seen this but uh, the the uh, crypto.com thing has been or is there a good exchange to trade with some history yeah you're looking for the cro token yeah uh, whatever i know that there's one with like more history but uh yeah, that's been going up a shitload. Um, got listed on Coinbase as well, and I think that's basically what people are kind of going into Binance uh, or like BNB for. Kind of me, to me. That play. Yeah, there's also rumors about BNB going public potentially. Yeah, um, none of these sound bullish for the token, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I think it makes me <laughs> nervous. Um, however, I mean, BNB versus the dollar looks like it's ready to make new highs. Um, looks like it, surely CZ just looks at this and like, and, and just thinks like, yeah, my token should be over a thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it just should be, why not? Um, it's, it's BNB, that's a, 
It's funny. That's that's kind of always been the, the topic with BNB. It's like if Binance is doing well, should Binance the token be be doing well? And I've always thought that that would hinder Binance Coin more, but apparently that just doesn't matter. Like narr- narratives just they just well, eat that up. Any yeah. any concern? Also, it seems like uh, the Binance the exchange keeps having additional volume at the same time that it's like removing more and more countries from their platform, you know, like, where is this stuff coming from? Like, what what creates this volume and, and activity? Um, yeah, it's just kind of insane. But I, it's we have to mention that the chart looks good because I was about to go into asking y'all, like, what out there, like, looks look strong? Like, you know, like, yeah. um, I, you know, I talked about Zcash last week about how much I like it right now, but... Uh, you know, BNB on a weekly chart and a daily chart looks really, really good. With Zcash, mm-hmm. I'm mostly interested in like it's these long-term, multi-year levels and getting it kind of above its prior highs, that kind of stuff. And so, it. But my whole goal is trying to find like what what is a coin, what is a chart that shows like significant upside. And significant upside can be through new highs, like you saw in BNB. Or like regaining highs from its historical chart, which is like what I see in, in something like Zcash. But I just don't see a ton of charts like that. Mo- most charts are like, okay, well, Solana's on the moon. Can it go to Mars? You know, um, and, and that's that's kind of the weird stage of the market I feel like we're in, where we're looking for kind of relative performance, which makes you also seek like when you're doing rel- looking for relative performance, it makes you have to ask why didn't it perform when everything else did. <laughs> You know, uh, so it makes the whole game a little bit more dangerous. But, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Do y'all think that's a crazy strategy? No, I mean, it's fair. But it's it goes back to like what we just said, like traders, no one's holding Bitcoin anymore. Like we're all looking for a better play. And it's like the reason now we have to look for these relative value plays is because the whole market isn't going up. And it's because Bitcoin's kind of stuck. Like if Bitcoin started rising, then everything could go up together and Maybe some of these things do end up on Mars, but right now we're in a spot where like, I don't know what's going to be the one coin that performs because everything else could be kind of stagnant. Yeah, um, I would love some thoughts from the chat about other like mid large caps, like reputable stuff, not, you know, low cap gems or whatever that show this kind of promise like the coins that we've been talking about where we are like, okay, we see a potential for upside here. Cause we've talked about curve. We've talked about, you know, AVAX, certainly when it was below 100, Luke, was like you were just beating the drum hard on that one because it was in this same thing, kind of like what we're looking at with BNB now, right? AVAX at 75 and BNB at 600, very similar, where you're you're just looking for price exploration. Um, Curve, we're looking for price exploration. Zcash, we're looking for multi-year highs. Um, <clears throat> I'm curious if there are other tokens, other projects where we're missing these types of trades where there's you know uh either 50 100 upside in price expiration or if there's um maybe the other scenario would be like mean reversion DeFi stuff is some of what's what people are bringing up what do y'all think i mean with like the DeFi stuff i would like to be bullish on it right but given that e fees are still so high um, it's pretty damn difficult to be. So I think like, I don't really, I mean, I could see like dead cats and stuff because they're like the, the, the entire DeFi space is down so, so much. It's actually insane how much it's down. I'm going to let you um, talk for a second. My dog's about to puke. So I'm going to let her outside. <laughs> no worries. But yeah, with, with regards to the DeFi stuff, like when you have like coins underperformed so massively, I like this stuff is in a bear market, right? And has been for a while. And it uh, just reminds me basically of our journey through like 2018, 19, um, where everything just went down and it was down 70%. And I mean, I think Wi-Fi, for example, is down like roughly like almost 90% now against Bitcoin. Um, and I remember stuff going down 70, 80%. And then people started buying it because it's down so much. Um, and then went down another 70, 80% and then started forming bottoms. And I could see the same stuff happen with DeFi just based off of the relationship with ETH being that ETH fees are high. No one's really interested in trading um, or using DeFi too much when they have to pay so much for it. 
Um, and I know there's like ways around it, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it's just way too complicated for like the average user. The, the power users are rich anyway. They don't mind paying a lot of uh, transaction fees. Right. Uh, but the, the normies and like the smaller users, I, I mean, I, I myself wouldn't want to pay um, that kind of that kind of money. I've been struggling with it with NFTs. I wanted to buy a bunch more, but I don't really see the point in buying like NFTs for 0.1 or 2 ETH and then paying 25 to 30% of that in, in fees. Makes no sense to me. Um, so yeah, that's my, my opinion on the, on everything that kind of is connected with ETH. Yeah. Even just, even finding a theme, like obviously metaverse is, is the easy, obvious answer where you can be like, Oh, if you're still looking for upside, it's going to be metaverse. The only, the only problem, cause it's, it's impossible to be excited about DeFi right now. The only problem with some metaverse plays is like, there's like two games that are live and valuations on the other ones are already starting to kind of like chase Axie Infinity. So it becomes a thing of like, okay, even if that's the one sector that's hyper bullish, still getting you know new funds raised and deployed. And that's what people are excited about. It's like the, the capital sloshes around so fast that it's like, is that still the good value buy? Like, I don't know. It's tough mm. now. I mean, I, I do agree. I don't know if you guys have seen Light's post about some of the games and metaverse tokens. Um, I do agree that there's like there's a shitload of froth in that kind of particular space yeah. of the market. Um, doesn't have to mean it goes down. Like some people, like you look at Tesla, for example, in the traditional market, and you look at the numbers, and you're like, holy shit, this makes zero sense whatsoever. And it's been up a shitload um, ever since. Like it doesn't really give a shit. So the market is in, in like a period of time where it doesn't matter too much. But then again, like uh, some of these valuations for these coins with the kind of games that they have, it's just completely insane. Um, I mean, I see Mana, for example, being up a shitload. And then you look at the game and you start puking because it's so, so bad and so, so ugly. Um, Decentralized? Yeah. It, it's terrible. Game. Yeah. You don't. No, I thought it was just you buy digital land that you do nothing in. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the game. Uh, I mean, there is, there's a game to it. Uh, it's hideous, um, but I mean, some people seem to like it, I guess. Um, and then you have like 100 people playing stuff like that with like a sh way too high valuations. Um, I mean, you can... You can still make plays on that just based on the fact that the narrative is pretty nice. Um, but you do have to kind of consider taking an exit at some point because those kind of like, like games that have 100 to 1,000 users with like uh, like billions of valuation, I mean, does that really make much sense? I don't know. People are discounting Light because he was bearish at the bottom, but I don't think that's fair. Uh, Light's still a really smart trader in my mind. And yeah, one he, of the best actually. Yeah. And he survives, you know, wait till you get through a cycle or two and see if you are still alive and bring your critique. Um, it's also funny too, like people get on light or someone and it's like, I mean, he's sharing trades publicly to a massive audience. Let someone try to do that for one year <laughs> and see if they have any, any reputation left of like what they, what, you know, their outlook being smart. I mean, event you're going to have wrong calls. I've had millions. Yeah. People always, uh, seem to remember mine <laughs> or they, they actually try to just predict their being them being wrong in advance. I get the reply guys all the time telling me like, I'm a top signal. And I'm like, I don't know. I've been bullish <laughs> since the bull market started. How is that a top signal? Anyway? Um, I think one of the things that we can look at as a model for a narrative calming down is you get the huge hype cycle on something like meme coins. And then it just dies kind of like, relative to USD, especially with SHIB here, or, um, or if even things that are not even as like as dumb. So this is a meme coin, the meme coin trend, like these people, they just lost a bunch of money. You know, most people were buying at the top when the volume was the highest, and it's down 50% relative. Um, same thing, Don, you got comp on the board, like uh, DeFi was unstoppable in February and now it's just gone down uh, ever since while a bunch of other stuff outperformed and 
think what we see is whether it's uh, meme coins, DeFi, uh, or or now the next setup for that is going to be the metaverse stuff. Um, they kind of have their minute mini cycles within the broader market, and and that's okay. You know, the volume just dies off. They distribute the people that are up 100 or 200 or 400 X or whatever, like slowly drip their coins out still in massive profit while retail gets fleeced. Um, mm -hmm. And then the, re the people retail people that are surviving are the ones that are willing to like find and, and chase the next trend and hopefully be early to it. I mean, that's, yeah, in my opinion, that's in general, how all coins most of the time work. Like there's 1% of all coins like that do especially well, no matter what happens or have been like ETH, for example, has been around a long time, has actually been outperforming. Um, but like with most all coins, if you time it right, you can have like a good year or maybe a good two years. And then uh, you're going to regret not realizing some of that into other all coins. Like even if you're like a Bitcoin and ETH hater, right? Um, and you're like up a shitload of percent on like your coin of choice. If you don't realize some of that and put into something newer that has like another narrative for it going, um, there's a good chance that you're just going to at least take a partial round trip, right? It's just how this, how this game is played. Yeah. Um, is it possible that some of the stuff we wrote off still has a shot? Um, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Tezos right now. We talked about it last week is touching the 200 day. It did it again. I'm sure there's a, yeah, there's a divergence here as well. Um, could there be another, another gasp of life for some of the, uh, other <laughs> dino chains or, or stuff that picked up a narrative? Don, were you bashing this concept of, of chasing relative value while I was letting my dog out? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of like bashing the, um, kind of buying something that's down a lot gotcha. trade which um, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I mean, it's been working for Zcash for you, which, uh, I mean, that's a really good play so far. And I think, I mean, in general, like you're not going to go out of this with, with a loss, I'm sure. Well, I think the difference on those, I waited until it's kind of proving itself. Like I didn't buy yeah. it at $92. I bought it at 200 or, um, you know, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. um, like it, it was already establishing higher lows and higher highs. And... I, to me, I think that's, I guess that's the summary of what I feel like you can wait for. When I look at Tezos versus a dollar, it's kind of might, it might be doing that, I guess is where, I, where my point is. I don't know about on that ETH relative pair. Oh, that's pretty dicey, <laughs> but <laughs> it's very similar. I, I do kind of like fractals within a coin. Sometimes it's very similar to what it did in 2019. And I wonder if it's setting up kind of a new range trade. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that happen. For me, it's just kind of like the question is basically, I mean, do I take the somewhat easy trade with ETH or do I try to like outsmart the market even further and go further out on the risk curve and just try to like get something like Tezos? And for me, the, the choice is pretty easy because I mean, ETH just looks insane. So I'd much rather just sit in ETH um, over like a lot of other stuff that doesn't look as good. Um, but there's 100%, I think, like, if Eve breaks up here, there's going to be, like, 5 to 10 coins um, that are going to outperform it, right? And um, if you kind of have, like, a good feeling or, like, a good kind of read on something that you think is going to outperform, maybe there's a good narrative to play. Um, I'm actually going to have to think into, like, about that, like, if there's a coin that is going to do particularly well if Eve does well. Um, because I think that's, like... It, unless the market mega dumps, I don't see a world in which ETH doesn't go up like 10, 15% from here against Bitcoin. Like I'd be very, very surprised if we didn't at least like break out here, maybe get rejected there. I could see that happen. Or uh, if when in Ledger stream, dreamland go to 0 0.1 or even higher. Why do you think that's a dreamland? Like the, that's a no, long, it's a, it's a, a good... long accumulation period there. I actually agree. I actually agree. It'd be a nice stream. I, I would actually like if this explodes from here and like pushes past 0 0.08, I would actually like, um, like I don't have cells at 0 0.085, even though I want to like start selling in that area. But if we push up strong, like I don't actually mind selling 0 0.1 at all. 
uh, just holding on for a little bit longer than my target. Um, it's just a nice dream, basically, that we all have because we're all exposed to ETH. Yeah. Uh, the chat's brought up ENS a couple times, and I think that's an interesting one because it was, you know, it's pretty liquid. Uh, the, it got listed instantly, basically. It's a dap that actually gets used. Uh, it had an airdrop that made a lot of people happy. It sold the airdrop just like Uniswap did. And this reminds mm -hmm. me the most of Uniswap, actually. Like, this reminds me the most of Uniswap, SNX. Remember all those when they um, made their September 2020 highs and then they hit, they got to that area again, like in December or January, and then they had this big price exploration. This kind of reminds, this makes me think of like a miniature version of that. Um, and something like ENS could have a run if ETH has a run. Um, yeah. Daniel, Daniel in the chat said, what's the point of ENS token though? Actual question, not trolling. Just curious. Well, uh, the market this year has decided that governance is an okay thing to create token value. And I don't know <laughs> that I agree with it in a bear market sense, but in a bull market sense, uh, sure. Um, we have played that game before, but like you, that's the same, that's the same way Uniswap is valued. It's the same way a lot of stuff is valued. It's based on yeah. governance and, and future expectations. You just kind of have to hope that the, that people don't really realize that's a governance token, I think, because like the governance <laughs> tokens aren't really doing too well, right? When you have like Andre post at Wi-Fi, it's just kind of like, uh, uh, the token is kind of useless and it's like, oh shit, what the fuck? <laughs> what do you do as a holder, right? Um, well, and now uh, like Bantag is just tweeting out in the open talking about how they're just going to start rebuying Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's also interesting to me. It's like... Yeah, <laughs> I think there's actually a play to be made on Wi-Fi uh, chart-wise if it actually shows some strength for once, which is kind of reclaiming the range low. Like imagine if we reclaimed the range low, I could easily see it at least go to the midpoint, which would be like a good 40%, 50%, 60% move, depending on how high you want to have it go. If not all the way to the top of the range, which would be a double, right? It's just, I wouldn't want to get involved right now. Um, Look at it on the relative basis. It's against ETH. Yeah, oh, this is literally geez. one of the most painful charts in all of the land. <laughs> Up, uh, there's like up only and then there's down only and this yeah. is like down only jesus this is literally down only i mean this was 100 eth per wi-fi now it's 6.8 yeah that's yeah, fucked so i yeah i mean maybe you're right ledge it's like make sure that if you have a governance token that people don't realize it's a governance token because once they do i mean what is what is this? Yeah, I mean, what the fuck do you hold this for? This is for, a bull right? market too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, right? Like, if you have like buybacks and stuff, maybe. Um, but like, I I still remember like when Wi-Fi came out and people looked at it and were like, okay, this is just like this makes no sense. This is worthless, basically. And then Wi-Fi mooned anyway because it was a bull market. And I feel like. Uh, it's now caught up with people basically because you're like, okay, what, what do you do? Well, yeah. For? If you held one Wi-Fi for the, the, the moon, if you will, this is why I always laugh about the moon bags, like hold one Wi-Fi for the moon. You're down 95 ETH or 93 ETH, 93. Or yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you are, you are, you're down 93 ETH. Cause it was a hundred ETH for one Wi-Fi. <laughs> so yeah. 400 grand to like, yeah. Yeah. On a relative basis, grand? on a relative basis, that's what you lost. Mm -hmm. But with regards to ENS, I think like the comparison to uni um, is like a pretty good one. Um, but it depends on kind of what narrative catches on, right? If, if it's like, uh, okay, it's an airdrop and it does like the typical kind of airdrop thing where it dumps off and then recovers stronger. Uh, that's a narrative that's going to propel it upwards. Um, if it's if the narrative catches on that it's a governance token, I mean governance tokens shit the bed right now, so that's gonna not be like a good group to be in. And then you can also make a, an argument, okay, like ENS has like a shitload to do with ETH, obviously, um, and ETH is gonna go up, so maybe it's a bet on ETH. Like it depends on which narrative catches on. It's actually like an interesting topic I think to talk about because. 
it's not always easy to kind of figure out which one it's going to be. I, so I've, this has been brought up before, but I think it's worth uh, talking about like ETH it being deflationary completely eats up the desire to hold all the tokens in the ETH landscape. And I wonder if that's potentially bad for the Ethereum ecosystem overall. Like if you're just better off holding Ethereum than anything built on Ethereum, you know? Mm-hmm. I actually well, I think that, that's the case. Yeah, sorry, so go ahead. No, I don't think it has to be bad for the ecosystem. It's just people realizing like which one, you know, if, if, it, if more people in the ETH ecosystem are holding ETH than these governance tokens, it's more just like they're voting is maybe worth less than the expectation they can make from ETH. Like, is, like if you wanted to use Wi-Fi today, you wanted to use urine, try to get some yield, it's not like it's working any you know less good than it was or, or it's not able to function. Like, it still works. It's just people don't really care about voting, right? Yeah, but they are using their... So the voting, this is the same thing as like growth company stocks and other things, you know, it's like the expectation that the, they can use that voting to pay protocol rewards back to the token. So Wi-Fi is actually finally getting to this place. That's where their buybacks come from. They will use the power of their vote to use protocol revenue to buy Wi-Fi off the market. Uh, so it's the same thing as you know shareholders that encourage buybacks or dividends or something to shareholders. Um, so that's where the, the fundamental value potential comes in what we've been seeing though is like sushi pays protocol revenue back uh it doesn't buy and burn sushi or anything but it pays protocol revenue to stakers and that's not exactly helped sushi anymore um so i don't know if it'll work but it is out there um it's a it's a thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. back to like your question earlier whether like uh, the deflationary thing is bad or good like it depends i think on on your standpoint right because i mean there's there's a reason why in general like money um is is uh, inflationary right because people like you want to have people spend their money otherwise like uh, if if money just um gets worth more and more no one's going to spend it everyone's just going to sit on it no one's going to invest and then you have like a shit there's, situation there's no economic productivity in that scenario bitcoin yeah. is really hate when you make this argument man <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know but i mean it's like it's just like that's how like there's a reason why it is the way it is right like if you want to have bitcoin as a currency like it's a world currency i'm not the biggest fan right there's other value props for me that are more that make more sense but like, if you kind of argue the same way for an ecosystem, for example, ETH, um, then you just have like a bunch of people, like a bunch of rich people sitting on ETH. It, it's kind of deflationary. Uh, they don't want to spend it. They don't want to invest in other protocols built on ETH. Um, and then you have the same problem, right? It doesn't grow. Um, it doesn't really, like people aren't really willing to kind of let go um, of what they have and invest it into the ecosystem. Um, and I think that's in general, like not the best thing in the world, but uh, that's just my opinion yeah. on it. I don't know. I mean, it's it's still, I think like if, if ETH goes up, Ethereum, uh, you know, the foundation gets richer. I think ETH, ETH supporters have at least proven like they want to continue trying to build stuff. They're, they're very experimental. I don't think it's the worst thing. I think we're just seeing an incentive system play out of like, there is some, you know, it's, you can be optimistic holding ETH. It's deflationary. Uh, there's a new narrative every single week and it's usually it's happening on ETH. So those are all good things for ETH. And the incentive system for holding a lot of governance tokens is like, Ooh, maybe we get to vote about maybe something in the future. And so it's just a lot of people that are like, all right, the, the path, uh, you know, towards, towards being rich looks a lot clearer on ETH than it does me holding my apps I like to use. I don't know. I don't think it's the worst thing. Maybe it could be, um, but I don't, know. I don't think it's that bad. All right. So we all agree. We like the way ETH looks on a relative basis. We like the way ETH looks on the dollar basis. We're a little nervous about the way everything looks relative to ETH. So like, it's just the top free <laughs> bear market soon. Um, is it, I mean, is it that easy? We all agree. ETH is probably the strongest thing. Luke, you were making the case though, that you actually think, whatever ETH does, Solana will just do it faster. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if I could make that case like outright. Like, I don't think that's 100% certainty, but, but what we have seen, at least for the past couple of months, and, and it's just been like the biggest, uh, I think the, the best perspective that I've kind of incorporated this year is like if ETH goes up, everything else is going to be priced versus that. And that's why Solana's gone up. That's why AVAX was such an obvious trade. It's like whichever one of the layer ones gains momentum or, you know, has a lot of groupthink or people are excited about it's just a mental model of like, okay, you know, should it be worth five or 10% of ETH? So as ETH goes up, if AVAX is worth 10% of ETH, that's more than where it is today, right? So it's like ETH going up, I don't think is a bad thing for Solana and AVAX. I think it's a good thing for Solana and AVAX. Maybe like the obvious trade right now, because ETH looks the best is ETH. Um, but, it, you know, the, the layer one just trade, that trade, it just does not die. I don't think it's going to stop right now, especially if ETH looks good. Stocks look good too. Bitcoin looks all right. Like, I don't know. Could be a good week here. I like your optimism. Mm -hmm. It could be. Um, I thought of something while you were doing all that, and now I've gone and forgotten it while I was looking at all these charts. Um, oh, I know what it is. My biggest thing with Ethereum is for it to like properly supermoon, I think there needs to be a catalyst, like an expectation of this thing will be able to scale. And that's like a layer two working or an update on ETH 2.0, something to kind of be the next narrative. Cause right now it's like, okay, can't use this sucker anymore, but it is deflationary, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I think it, it needs something because m normies look at it and they're like, yeah, I can't even go on that chain. I can't afford to put, like withdraw from a centralized exchange to ETH because then even the $20 transaction is more than I want to give up because I've only got 500 or a thousand dollars in crypto. Whereas they have a dream on a layer two or an alternative layer one. I think there just has to be something, some hopium out there for Ethereum that it can become usable. Because <laughs> like, right now it's not, it's so mm -hmm. impossible. That I 100% agree with. I mean, like, You've and I hate the argument that like just be rich or like you're too poor to use uh, ETH because that's something that has come up a lot in Twitter comments. That's been people's and reply. I think yeah. that's an obscene reply. Yeah, it's like if you don't like someone has to buy our bags at eventually, and if they're gonna have to pay like 200 300 dollars in fees for it, they're not going to do it. It's just how it is, right? And I mean, if it's not buying bags, like if the chain doesn't work. Um, like, why the fuck are you investing in the first place, right? Like, if it's supposed to work, like this entire crypto thing isn't about like, okay, number go up. It's about actually working or it used to be anyway. Nowadays, people are just like, okay, it doesn't really matter. Like, as long as my number go up, I, I don't really care. And I mean, that's fine in the bull market. You get shit on in the bear market with that kind of attitude. So yeah, I, I hate the argument. And I totally agree. Like, if you don't get anything for ETH in the next couple of months, I think we're going to see the exact same crash that we've had in 17, 18. Uh, again, when people realize, okay, this shit just doesn't work. And then we get like two years or something until we get like a fix or just a new bubble, um, whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think it'll probably be a whole different market cycle by the time it actually scales. But you need some hopium that it will, you know? Yeah. Um, all right, so one one other thing, a part of what caused the bigger down day that we had, um, well, it, I guess it was the day after Thanksgiving, right? Uh, was it Friday? Yep. Um, that was also, this was so reminiscent of Christmas Eve uh, 2018. I don't know if y'all remember that. Stock market got obliterated on a half day of trading, and this happened again on Friday. Stock, like Small caps went down like 5%. Oil went down legit ten dollars uh, in one half trading session. Uh, like it was just a nothing but down candle, down twelve percent, and for one barrel of oil, um, stocks got smoked. Uh, a lot of weird stuff in the market, and I think the market, the legacy market, is spending today trying to figure out like, are we going to allow that to be real, or? Uh, was that just like some garbage, low liquidity, somebody taking advantage to, to make something happen? Um, and it looks like this morning the market is still a little uncertain about that, but it does look like it's trying to recover and be fairly strong. And 
whatever and call it call that what it was you know just like somebody manipulating the market essentially when there's no liquidity it's so similar to christmas eve 2018 and if y'all remember crypto also died during that and i think the correlations took over on on friday and that bled into like our weekly close and everything else so if the stock market recovers i think crypto will recover and and the game will continue on if the stock market does roll over this week and we start to see like you're in tax harvesting and that kind of stuff, then uh, I'm going to be a little worried about crypto. What do y'all mm-hmm. think? Well, if you're I mean, part of it has to be the uh, the COVID fear, right? The new yeah, that was the variant fear. fear, and then like right after that, it was like because it, it, it was it said, oh, this variant is like way more spreadable, not covered by vaccine, blah blah, like this is the super variant, you know. And then uh, more stuff came out where someone in South Africa which I guess is the origin was in Southern, Southern Africa and somebody, they were like, well, yeah, but it's also like really, really mild. Doesn't actually affect you very much. So it's like you have COVID, but not really. Um, and, and there's just a lot of conflicting sources going on from a news perspective, but yeah, it was definitely variant related. People were freaking out that there was going to be like a newer, bigger wave and lockdowns all over and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Europe is already, at least I know Germany is, um, actually canceling flights to some of the areas affected. Um, so like there is some economic damage to it. I, I just don't know how, like I've, I've read the same thing that it, it's supposedly not as bad um, as what we're kind of used to. That'd be nice. Like that'd be the good news out of this. But in general, like with the S&P, uh, it's actually like the S&P has been much, much stronger, right? From like a from like a relative standpoint than Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin has been struggling. I mean, just compared it to charts, right? Bitcoin has been struggling for longer than the S&P has. S&P went sideways basically, while Bitcoin started bleeding off. Um, and then obviously took took a little bit of more, more of a dump than, uh, than the S&P as well. So like that is always something that worries me a little bit when you get like, significant weakness on Bitcoin in comparison to the S&P. But I mean, yeah. if the S&P goes up, uh, I, I do think that Bitcoin is going to recover at least somewhat. And that actually be a good backdrop, I think, for some more Bitcoin action. Like if Bitcoin is weak, but like if the S&P is strong enough to pull it up, uh, I would actually don't mind that too much for like Bitcoin exposure, because then uh, Bitcoin could go sideways while the S&P goes up and Bitcoins could go up. I wouldn't mind that. A lot of people in the chat said, look at ETH before we end the show. Looks pretty damn good. Looks very good. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, very tempted to do some buying. I still, like I I, I took my own advice, not fully, but when I told y'all like, if Zcash is really gonna moon here, then I probably don't even really need other stuff. Like it kind of covers my upside exposure. It's like a long call, but if it moons, it's probably also top things and the market dies. So it worked pretty well for me. <laughs> I like my Zcash exposure kind of kept me covered, allowed me to put cash on the sidelines. And uh, I've been scaling back into ETH a little bit uh, since yesterday, right around the lows. I was like, I'm definitely buying the legacy open. And then I was like, wait a second, this is crypto. We're going to front run that. Uh, so I bought a little bit ahead of time and I still got some cash on the sidelines ready to buy some more. And I'm happy to buy strength And it. I mean, this ETH BTC chart just like, I mean, I don't even know how you say no to this. How yeah. do you say no to this? It's, it's one of the best macro charts that we've had in a long time. Yeah. Which is surprising after a run like this. Um, but I mean, I'm going to be the 50 IQ kind of guy and just be like exposed to ETH and just say, okay, uh, Eve, Eve looked good, so I hold. <laughs> I don't really give a shit what everything else does. Um, I don't mind being the 50 IQ guy in this in this kind of instance. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like I, I've been trying to convince myself to buy uh, DeFi in particular. Was looking at like Ave, trying to see like when is this thing bottom. And when I look at that ETH strength, like I think Ave versus the dollar or Sushi versus the dollar could improve. Um, but I, I think this has to straight up capitulate, like it's started it, but I think you can get like some kind of insane, you know, 30% daily down candle on some of these DeFi relative pairs with, with ETH goes up 
10, 15% two days in a row, something like that. Mm-hmm. And DeFi just stays flat. And then that's your rotation. You know, like you, you play, you play ETH into point one, and then you rotate hard on DeFi because it will then be such a clear relative value. Like maybe, maybe we have two trades left. I, I would be so thankful <laughs> if we could end the year like that. Like I would, I would, it would be more than I deserve. Um, so I get, mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm, what I'm looking for to finish this off. Let's just do the trade that looks the most obvious, you know? Yeah. It's one of the only trades there is. I mean, it's like, there's just not a lot that gets me excited. Well, yeah, it's nice when like Bitcoin or ETH looks really good because you can just yeah. like, you don't have to worry about liquidity. You don't have to worry about like the market, like everything completely disappearing. It's just like, okay, you buy it, you hold it, you get to sell whenever you want to. It's just nice. The chat's asking me, why would I possibly look at buying Aave? I'm not, I'm not looking for significant exposure here. I'm, I'm looking for a bottom. Like I haven't even pulled the trigger. I'm just like, this is going to bottom. This is going to bottom. It's going to be a fun buy. I'm looking to try to find when, when is that going to be? Um, and I actually thought, you know, like honestly, when, when it was red yesterday, I was like, I don't know. I think D five might be bottoming and it might be versus the dollar, but I've, you know, it's just not worth holding right now. Not when, not when the trades as easy as, as it is. Don always convinces me of something every week. And this week (laughs) Don has convinced me that the, the ETH trade is the trade to hold. In before it tops and goes to like whatever <laughs> zero point zero two or something. I mean, but, that's after it goes to its target, it's got to go somewhere. Might as well go to zero. <laughs> nope. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> do you think like the the DeFi stuff is gonna do well once ETH has topped? Is that like the rotation? Like wait for I think for that's the. I think Oof. you remember January 2018 or whatever when all the dumb stuff like pumped again and it was. Like it didn't make new highs or anything on a relative basis, but all the people that were holding kind of had an escape hatch. Um, I think the exit pump is with all the underperformers of like DeFi and stuff. Um, I think we'll see, uh, yeah, Sushi, Aave, Wi-Fi. That's when we know like the Ethereum market's ready to roll over and die in my mind. Mm-hmm. I like it. So if we can get it, that's great, but I'm not going to be... I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to be cautious. There's some funds and stuff that still have really big bags of those things. You know, like, I don't think, I don't think we're, I don't think they're just going to go away, man. I got to, we got to get off the show. <laughs> got some buying to do boys. Thanks for being here, everybody. We will, uh, see you next time on weekly open. In the meantime, go to weeklyopen.com slash FTX, make a trade there today directly from one asset to the other you can fomo eth like we're about to do you can uh trade anything you need on ftx track your portfolio as well earn interest on the tokens that you own we'll see you next time bye